0: Welcome to the Make One Day Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Jean. This podcast is designed to inspire, educate, and empower people to elevate their consciousness and activate their full potential. We share stories, ideas, and resources that support our listeners and their personal and professional growth by hosting meaningful conversations that spark aha moments. Laughing, learning, leveling up, all guaranteed. We'll be hearing from innovative thought leaders, CEOs, professional athletes, best-selling authors, musicians, and more as they share lessons they've learned along the way and ideas that can change the world. A great podcast doesn't happen without a great team, and we're proud to partner with Lost Range CBD and The Plug Agency to bring this show to life. So pull up a seat and let's get to it. yo, popping in real quick to tell you about my latest obsession, Lotus Way flower essences. Hear me out on this one. I have been using these daily since April and holy cannoli, I'm loving them. We met at an event in Arizona, and they were like, hey, are you interested in experiencing more clarity, focus, and peace? And I was like, "Uh, hey, yeah, those are some of my favorite things that I help people find too, and I would always love more of that. So I've been using their Elixir, their spray, and their oil. The Elixir is my favorite. It's like a tincture that I put in my morning beverages and my water throughout the day. Then I also mist myself down with their spray and, of course, anoint myself with their oil in the afternoon. Basically, Lotus Way is a very easy way to add some nature back into your day, breaking up some of the interference and negative effects of our digital lifestyles. As a solopreneur living a downtown lifestyle, I need all the easy nature support I can get y'all. So this has been amazing. Like me, you might be wondering, WTF is a flower essence, Sheena. I did some research so we can all understand the difference between these and essential oils. Flower essences don't have a scent. And they work through the acupuncture meridians. It's a liquid infusion of a flower or a plant's chi or life force, whereas an essential oil is distilled and extracted from the plant into a highly aromatic oil. So they have this super dope flower quiz that you look at the flower, see which one resonates most with you, which helps you figure out which of their remedies would be best for you. It's so much fun to take. Y'all know I love me a quiz. So if you want, you can head over to check them out at slash one day and use the code do it now to get 25% off the month of August. That is a steal y'all. Now back to the show. All right. All right. You guys, my guest today is John Mark Selig. He's one of my favorite humans of all time. I know I say this a lot, but like I really, really mean it about this guy. John Mark is the owner of GOAT Training in Vail Valley here in Colorado. And he's the captain of the US men's whitewater rafting team. No big deal. We you met- didn't through... even know that
1: was actually a thing. <laughs> like, what? There's what? There, there's a there's U.S. What I don't even know what that means. What
0: the hell? Oh my god. Well, you guys are going to find out today. And um, just a little bit about how I know John Mark. We met through Lululemon back in the day. And some of my I've got a lot of favorite memories with you. But some of my favorite include scaring the ever living shit out of you at 530 in the morning in the gym with Halloween masks asking you to be our ambassador. <laughs> that was just <laughs> so good. And then I don't know if you remember when we all got attacked by murder mosquitoes on the Colorado River when we attempted a rogue. Event. Yeah, that's
1: right. Sheena and I had this brilliant idea that we were going to take you know, all these people from Lululemon and a lot of more like the executives from Lululemon and my favorite moment um, so there was this moment that we had on the on the river we were like oh it's going to be so serene it's going to be this amazing moment it's going to be so beautiful on the colorado river and we're going to take all these yogi people and they're just going to have a blast well one girl i remember them trying to take some shots of her in some new outfit that's coming out (laughs) and she comes back from doing the photo shoot and she's got welts mosquito welts all over (laughs) her body and it's like yeah we can't use these pictures anymore it looks like she's We're a leper. To do
0: some major <laughs> photoshopping. Yeah. Yeah, so we got we got creative back in the day trying to mash up rafting and yoga and being on the river and all the fun ways that we could. So, we go way back and John Mark, I am just so freaking stoked to have you here today to have some meaningful conversations that'll probably spark some aha moments cuz that always happens when I chat with you and yeah, just to learn from you cuz you're quite the guy quite quite the guy don't
1: i don't know what that means but just (laughs) thank you very much i'm blushing you can't see it on audio but i am red right now i just need to call you more often you just make me feel just so special inside yeah oh
0: well why don't you tell why don't you give just a a quick little who are you who are you to our listeners yeah that's a tough discussion
1: but i will kind of give you a little bit of background on I think what I've done isn't really who I am, but it'll at least give you a little snapshot into my life. Um, grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, but then moved to Texas. Um, so junior high, high school and college in Texas. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Baylor university. Um, and, and I had a really interesting experience uh, growing up, trying to just continue to find myself on multiple different levels and the spiritual level, but really wanted athletics was a huge piece of my life. Realized that, um, that, that, that wasn't going to play out as far as athletics and, um, and, but still loved being active, loved using my body and experiencing what the body can do and have continued to kind of challenge myself on that level, but went to Baylor university and then, uh, Later on in life, had some just major existential existential questions about life. Went and got uh, went and worked on my master's in theology for for years, uh, and then was a marketing director. Then I was a ski patroller. Then I owned a rafting company, and then I own a gym. I've been in the fitness industry in some manner for about twenty two years. I sold the rafting company because the stress and the quality of life that I had was just diminishing. It was not worth the stress on my life and the stress on my family. And I knew that there had to be something that I could do that the joys of owning a rafting company was having all these employees that I could pour into and be a part of their lives. Um, but it continued to be such a transient culture that I couldn't continue to see those relationships um kind of on the long term and then the beauty of taking all these people to um these incredible locations with rafting was definitely and connecting connecting them to nature was something that i just loved but all of that could not supersede the idea of even like the first year, you know, we had a death on the river and I, there's something, there's something inherently people go do exciting adventures and I'm okay with, I mean, I'm not okay with someone dying, but I'm okay with the idea that something bad can happen on the river. I would wake up at night and be terrified of, you know, the transportation piece and taking someone and picking a family up. And then, you know, I'd wake up in the night and think about a bus, getting in a wreck and all the people dying. It was just mm-hmm. not a positive. It was affecting my family life. It was affecting everything. And so we sold that and we started a gym. My wife has, has been in the fitness industry for years and years, and she's a stud. And we've always worked together um, throughout our marriage. And, um, and we figured out a way to start a gym the way we've always wanted to. And we've continued to evolve and develop in a way that we feel as though um, kind of speaks to how we approach life and so that was a really long answer but that's who i am
0: i love it i think that was a really nice way to kind of encapsulate yourself i think you have found the answer to who am i maybe maybe not (laughs) that old
1: lady was right then
0: um there are some really really good things that you mentioned in there a i feel you on the wanting to pour into people and in resort towns, um, lend themselves to be a bit of a transient nature. And that's something I really, uh, struggled with as well. You know, managing part-time people who this is their third job and you just want to give, give, give to them. But they're like, can I just like get my discount and go home now? (laughs) Yeah, It's tough. It's tough when you want to, when you put it, want to put into them.
1: Yeah. Especially when you realize that this is, I'm all about the long-term our gym even reflects that now um i'm more about sustainable fitness that is going to be something that you do for the rest of your life not just hey get a quick fix Mm -hmm. uh you know this is not a place where you just lose 30 pounds in 10 weeks or you can go run really fast No, i want sustainability so you can do the things you love and that was the thing that was happening at Lakota is that we realize that, you know, these, these relationships are fantastic, but how long, like I don't know if I want to put this much effort into something that might only be for six months and mm-hmm. for a certain time and period, I think that's great. Um, and that's just where we were at that time. And I think it definitely um, helped us in so many different levels, but we wanted something that would go a little bit deeper and longer and more sustainable. So
0: Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's always things to be learned in all of our experiences, right? It's like you learn more about like what you want and what you don't want and what's good for you and what supports you in your gifts and sharing those with the world and like what doesn't. And and I think what's cool is that, okay, also the second thing I was going to say about what you mentioned about Lakota is. The first thing being the people, but the second part about owning a raft company is got to be having the gear to do that whenever you want to. That's like a fun part. No, like- it's not. It's not as cool as you
1: think. Like everybody thinks that you own a gym, you must work out all the time. Oh, you actually own a rafting company. You must be on the water all the time. No, you okay. actually have to be incredibly diligent to force yourself to go do the things that you love to do. You're gonna always have temptations to just be like, Oh, well next week, or I'm going to do this. Like, like mm. it actually has to become something that you set aside and that you put that effort into. Um, I, I got on the water less when I owned a rafting company, which is really sad. And it took me mm. to be on the U S men's rafting team to actually, and my wife, uh, Laura was, you know, You know, what am I acting like? You don't know, Laura. Um, But
0: but, (laughs) (laughs) one of the third things I was going to say about your intro was that stud is an understatement for Laura Seelig. So, hey, Laura, we love you. And you're like the steadiest of studs. So, yeah.
1: and, and, And I think she saw that need in me and she's like, hey, you need to go. Like, I got an invite to be on the U.S. men's rafting team. And she was the first person that was like, yes, you need to do that you need Mm -hmm. this um and so she recognizes um what is going to keep me um in a in a good healthy mindset and healthy place so then i can give back to my family a lot of people Mm -hmm. think like that i disappear and i go and travel and i go to these countries and i go to these different places and i'm and i'm away from my family for a certain period of time that it affects my family. They love it because when I am home, I'm so Mm -hmm. much more connected and I'm, I'm, I'm a better version of myself. And so I can give more to them. So, Mm -hmm. but it's hard because a lot of people, a lot of people don't have spouses that see that, you know, it's like, and instead, um, because it's a give and take, it's like the spouse needs to be able to see and make sure that. Both are getting that peace. And if they're not, it's going to be a very unfulfilling relationship.
0: Yep. I can, I can amen that for sure. The thank God for having people in our lives that can help us see what we can't always see. Right. Yeah.
1: Like Laura and I always talk about this and it's what's great about my wife is that she recognizes the knowing that I have Mm -hmm. So we talk about the knowing quite a bit. It's like you can't really spot it. You don't really know why you feel it, but there's something inside you that just doesn't feel right or something feels really right. And each of us can recognize that in each other. And that's like when it feels right, she continues to push me to that place. And there are certain times where she is kind of the person that checks me. And I need that because otherwise I would be all over the place. And she loves the idea that I, I mean, I, that's the piece that she loves about me is the adventurous side and trying new things and pushing her. But also I get that from her. Sometimes I need to pull back and recenter a little bit. Um, and so if you don't have a person like that in your life, it's, you're going to be floating and be very frustrated. Mm -hmm so Mm.
0: the knowing that is so good that's so good is there and people might call it
1: and some people might call it you know in different spiritual settings people might call it spirit people might call it your energy whatever Mm -hmm. it's it really is that you just have this connection to each other that you're like no i this is This is true to what I know about you and who you are. And Mm -hmm. so recognizing that in
0: each other is huge. I freaking love that. I love that so much. Aha moments for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I've got some, I think, really fun questions for you today. And I'll let you do a choose your own adventure. Do you want to talk about failure
1: Let's, yeah, it's just on the order. That's fine. Let's, let's just do it. Um, or, yeah, let's, I don't, I don't know if the, you know, I think the nine ball stuff, we could maybe, we don't have to do that one. Um I get that, that question okay. all the time. Oh you do? Okay. Well they don't answer do answer it.
0: Yeah. Press tell pencils. us tell okay. us um where the name Team Nine Ball came up from um, for the team, for the whitewater yeah, rafting so, team.
1: So we we had been the US men's national rafting team for years and years. Um and it's a group of about six different guys. And we do international races traveling all over and it gives us an opportunity to engage in other countries and other people and other experiences and travel the world. And it's just absolutely fantastic. But what was happening was a couple of us were starting to get a little bit older and starting to figure out, okay, where, where are we really going with this? And we have some other adventures and some other things that we want to tackle and some ideas that, you know, there's some explorations out there and some challenges that people in whitewater or just water sports in general have been doing for years and we think we might be able to tackle some of these. And so we changed the name to Nine Ball Nine Ball Watermen to mainly step outside of the Whitewater world in the International Rafting Race Federation. So we could start getting some sponsorships like Chaco, who has been, you know, a fantastic sponsor of ours and Yeti and NRS. And so they allowed us to kind of step outside of that and take on some other adventures like rigor racing in hawaii and then our favorite is trying to break the record down the grand canyon so we have made two attempts to break the record and be the fastest through the grand canyon which is 277 miles through the grand canyon and we um we were trying to beat a 34 hour um, time um both times and the first time we had a boat that broke And the second time we had a perfect boat, but the water dropped out and we had half of the amount of water we tried Mm -hmm. for the first attempt. So the water speed was significantly slower, pretty much putting us out of it. I mean, even the day before we knew that it was a very low likelihood that we would actually break the record. And people were like, why'd you guys do it? It's like, because we're not doing it just to freaking... Break the record. That's not the only reason. People ask me all the time, and I might be just rolling into this, but, um, yeah. th- people ask me all the time, like, like, why do it in that manner? Like, why, why not just attempt it yourself? Or why not do the, why do you do this team stuff all the time? Um, and I, in our gym and in my life and everything that I've done, I start, I've started to figure it out. And I think it, it is this, continued idea just like my wife that there's something special in each of us and i want to connect that to each other and i want people to see that in somebody that they're not maybe they're not even the same age they don't even have the same background they don't even have the same understanding their fitness is totally on two different drastic worlds um i have six guys in a boat that don't always agree and they don't always get along we love each other but it would be a lot easier to do it with two or three or by yourself because then you don't have to deal with other personalities. (laughs) And instead I'm saying, no, we are a culture that is running from everybody else. We're stopping being engaged and connected to each other. We're connected to our phones. We're connected to things. We're doing things virtual all the time. And we really don't, we, it's, it seems easier in the first part because I'm like, you know what? People are too hard relationships are too hard. It's all too hard. So I'm just going to disconnect from everybody. And I'm saying the complete opposite. I'm saying the hard thing is the best thing for you. So perfect example is I discover more about myself when I'm connected with those guys and we're trying an adventure together and it doesn't go as planned. I And then I get to connect that so i say it this is um rob bell i don't know if you know who rob bell but he uses the term me we and everybody so you discover they all kind of run into each other like as i'm discovering more about myself i want to connect it to others and then i can connect it to everybody And that's what happens. That's what happened last two attempts in the Grand Canyon. I discovered more about myself as I'm struggling to, to be a good teammate in each of these experiences. I I think individual sports and individual, individual challenges are incredible. I think there's something really special about going into nature and doing something individually. You're connecting with the ground. You're connecting with nature. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, just for me and my experience, when I have to rely on someone else to do their role and to do their part, it puts pressure on me to do my role and do my part. Mm. Also what that does, if I tell that story of six guys battling and going through the Grand Canyon and getting frostbite and, and absolutely like being starving and getting sick and, and, and not making it, but walking out of that Canyon, a better person. And I tell that story, that story connects to people way beyond just the six guys or myself because or, more people or breaking the record. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had someone tell me when we first, when we first finished, so we did a film, we did a documentary um, a documentary. That's absolutely fantastic. Um,
0: by we'll definitely, definitely link that. that in the show notes. It's a 10 minute, 10 minute video. Yeah, it's
1: 10 minutes. Um, and, and it,
0: it's beautiful. It, it's, it's the cinematography so well. in it, the artistry, the story that it tells Forrest Woodward is an incredible filmmaker. You guys, uh, it was part of a film festival. So don't sleep on, on watching this edition. Shameless yeah. plug for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're
1: welcome. And after we finished that documentary and, and we first saw it, someone said, you know what? I'm really glad that you didn't break the record
0: because I don't think we would have
1: heard about failures and the struggle and the pain of failing. And then what you did after that. And, and I referred to my dad, um, I'll probably get choked up anyways, but, um, you know, we choose to do these things. We choose to do these challenges. Um, you know, and we choose to do these things specifically because, um, we need to feel alive. And when we're in a place that, but in reality, there's lots of people that are hurting, especially in a time like this, people Mm -hmm. that are, that are dying of other things. Um, And at that time, my dad was dying of cancer. And it's like, in reality, I chose to do something really hard. It's not real pain. Like it's not, it's not real failure. Mm. So, um, but anyways, I think, there's a lot of people, they've never done anything hard in their life. They, they've never challenged themselves. And then when they are actually, cause life happens no matter what. And then life hits them and everything, their entire life is upended and they don't know how to handle it because they've never done anything that is a struggle. And when we talk about it in our gym quite a bit, that we see character in the gym. If you continue to run away from hard things, and you continue to to pick the easy thing when something actually is hard and it's actually a struggle, then what happens at that point is that you run away because if you if you set that as a pattern in your life where when something's hard I'm just going to run away from it and choose the better option. If you make it a pattern in your life to where you choose the hard thing, I'm choosing the hard thing because it's going to make me better and it's going to make my character better in the long term. So then when something actually truly happens, that's not in the gym, I'm able to maybe handle it a little bit better. It doesn't mean that it's going to disappear. Absolutely not. It's Mm -hmm. still painful, but you know how to kind of see yourself through that struggle. So
0: Mm. yeah there's there's so many good things in that Skierg is what i always tried to run from but you wouldn't let me <laughs> but i've got asthma don't make me do it
1: <laughs>
0: um, um and, and but it's, I guess it's true of- it's like there's there's i think what i've i've had the the blessing and fortune and and privilege of working out at a lot of different places in my lifetime. And by far and away your gym is the best in my humble opinion, because of the resiliency, the grit, the mindset aspect that you bring to this, like, yeah, it's fucking cool if your team rose faster than that team, or you get your PR on your dead deadlift, but like who really cares about those things if it's not working towards a longer end goal, whether that is overall resiliency or being able to ski until you're 80 or 90 or, Absolutely. you know, and I, I love, I love, love, love. And I'm so appreciative of, of, of the way that you do tie that in because it's like, um, it's kind of like going to church and a workout at the same time. <laughs> with John Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, because so there is, I, I, there's, there's like a deeper level to it.
1: Yeah. Um, if i don't want to just own a gym i'm not just about biceps <laughs> and <laughs> we we always say that uh you know people come in they're like oh i want to look a certain way I'm, and and i always say to people appearance is the consequence of fitness and it can't be the goal because in reality um you're getting older you're never going to be satisfied even the prettiest person in the world whatever that whatever that means they're ne- they're never satisfied and it's never enough. So there's got to be a bigger meaning, a bigger purpose to why you're actually um, coming to our gym. And so we talk about it being something about an exploration of effort, that everything that we do and everything that we approach is built around the idea that finding the appropriate effort for the day, for the person, for that given modality, whatever the movement is, and checking yourself and making sure you are going at the correct effort for the given day, some days are incredibly hard. Some days, actually, we do not want you to be at the super intense effort. This is not, it's not productive long term. If you're always at 10 all the time or 11, like you will be wrecked and it's not sustainable long term. And so it really challenges people to actually check their ego and check what, like, why are you really here? What's the purpose of you being here? Um, Mm -hmm. there's, and there's like this self-discovery. It's like, they start to realize, okay, like you have like this 60 year old guy that's there and you have like this 30 year old guy that's, you know, you know, you have two different people that are like on totally two different major fitness paths. Um, or fitness levels, but their path is actually the same. Because we always talk about being trust the process that everybody's might be on a different stage of their life or their experience or their fitness, but we're all trying to progress and not necessarily lift a ton of weight. That might be, that might be something. But in reality, I just want someone to get better than the day before. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And everybody always asks, like, well, how much weight should I be lifting? I don't know. I just want you to get better than the day before. So, um, and that doesn't always mean adding weight to the bar. That doesn't always mean setting a PR on your row, on a row time. That just means getting better. So either discovering something about yourself, it could mean adding weight. It could be setting a PR, but maybe today just is like, you know what? I actually held myself back because I needed that today. And normally I just go hard and all the time to stuff it and stuff like other emotions and other things. And they're just crushing themselves and they start to realize, Oh, I've used fitness as a a method to, to completely almost like in a masochistic way. It's almost like I, I equate a lot of people to people that are like, they love tattoos, you know, and they just go in and they just, they they tattoo every single thing because they love the pain of it, and I'm not saying people that have tons of tattoos bad thing. That's but a lot of them they actually it's it's at an unhealthy place because they're almost trying to stuff pain. People use fitness and they use workouts and things like that um, to mask some other pains, um, and I want to pull that out. I want to see what our true method or purpose behind why they're doing it, and and that might take a long time to figure it out. And most people, if I start talking like this at the gym and they're like, dude, what in the world is this freaking gym? Like, what are they talking about? I just want to freaking work out. Yeah, you're probably not going to stick around. Because we're 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 trying to find something deeper than just uh, dumbbells and kettlebells and all that stuff. Those are just a method and a modality to get us to a place. Is there something so inherently perfect about a high bar back squat or a conventional deadlift or a clean or something? No, they're just methods to get someone stronger. And stronger might not always mean...
0: Let me jump in here real quick to let y'all know I have a lot to tell you about very soon. I am bursting at the seams and also still pulling together the final pieces for a retreat, a book, a brand new way to be in community and work together. November will be a month to remember friends. So stay tuned. In the meantime, I've got a little present for you. As a thank you for listening and being on this journey with me to celebrate this latest kick-ass episode, I'd love to gift you a free 10-minute sound journey, a little something something I'm calling a take 10. In this 10-minute experience that blends breathwork and guided visualization with the vibes of the Crystal Singing Bowls, you're going to regulate your nervous system, you'll practice dropping into lower brainwave states for deeper connection to your intuition and subconscious, and you'll experience productive rest and recovery at a cellular level in your mind, your body, and your spirit. My favorite way to use this is in the middle of my workday to break things up and just give myself a little bit of a recharge. So grab a pair of headphones and take ten to plug back in and find your elevated self. Click on the link in the show notes and go ahead and get you some. Now let's get back to this kick-ass episode.
1: So we use a lot of these these methods, and we use uh, strength, physicality. We use cardiovascular efforts. As a means to get to something that's deeper. And so that's, that's probably the best way to describe the overall purpose of what we do.
0: The, um, you know, there's oh, so many good things in that. And I've really been, I guess what, what I would add is, you know, to the idea of squashing the pain through fitness or tattoos or whatever it might be. I think there's also something there. And what I'm finding is um, about proving I've been running quite a bit before, before you knew me, I ran when I lived in Chicago and being back in a city. I've that for me, not, not having the access to the mountains, like I I used to at least getting outside, ripping a lap around a park, um has been something that I've always fallen back on. And I've always known about myself that I'm a sprinter. I am not a long distance runner. Um <laughs> I can go faster than most people. And I get out there and I'm like Brr! and it's been this really interesting um just self-exploration around like what like what does this sprinting thing mean? I've never ran with a watch before. And so I got myself a little little watch as a accountability buddy. Yeah. And so I've been playing with pace and Um, just one, the the one thing that I have found to be really interesting, I don't know if you are familiar with shadow work, Mm -hmm. is that a term it's, uh, it's about understanding and like digging into the shadow side of our personalities. It has a lot to do with ego repressed, um, traits and emotions that we typically try and hide instead of just embrace and are there. And so one, I found that running is a really good place to engage and like work with my shadow. Um, especially because my shadow is like literally running alongside me too, so that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. But two, what I what I've realized about myself is that not just in running, but what and workouts, in work, in relationships, like I have always been sprinting, to the point where it's just not sustainable. Like I get super excited about something, and I go in so hot, and I just like go as fast as I fucking can, and I run, and I run, and I run, and I like ah, I got, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be as good as I can, ah. And it's been this, this learning and this evolution of like, Sheena, who, who, what are you trying to prove here? Who are you trying to prove it to? And like, what happens yeah. if you slow the fuck down and learn how to pace yourself and like learn how to find, you know, what might not be the fastest you can go, but you're going to go a lot longer and it's going to feel a lot better if you chill out and like find, find that space and like play in that space instead of this space where I've always been and improving and, because for me, I, and maybe it was some running from some pain too. I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing emotions that I don't want to feel. I've gotten yeah. a lot more um, emotionally aware about that. But for me, it's, it was more of the proving is what I've really yeah. kind of tapped I, into.
1: I see that quite a bit. People love to do the things that work well for them mm-hmm. or the things that they're good at because they don't want to actually work on the things that they need. And I see that in the gym all the time. And we talk about that. Like, we actually bring it up. It's like, we used to use the term, pick what you hate. And we kind of got got away from that because I feel like it has a little bit of a negative connotation. But And now we use it as pick what you need. Because probably the thing that you need is probably what you hate because you're not good at it. But who's good at anything? And But we always run to the things that we're good at because we don't, we don't want to be revealed. Like, we... We love to hide behind those things. And what's interesting is we love to expose those things in the gym. And we do it in a very, very nice method. (laughs) (laughs) We're very
0: gentle. We're very gentle about it. (laughs) But
1: there's, you can have somebody that's a... We have tons of people that are like pro cyclists. And we have other people that are pro skiers. And we're going to usually make them do the things that they're not good at and there's a reason they're not good at them because they have not practiced them. They haven't been taking care of their body. Their sport has actually beat them down. Uh, they've overused, you know, some, they've been doing the same motion for so long. And so we're going to try to get them more generally fit. So then they can apply that to their sport and hopefully keep them from injury. But that has to do with like personal injury too. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's like, If you don't work on these things, you're going to get injured. Physical, mental, spiritual, like you're going to get injured. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's a fine balance, I think. Um, You know, I do a lot of, are you familiar with strength finders? Mm -hmm. Oh, we, I'll, I'll send this to you afterwards. We probably have, um, I've, there's one other person in the world, Seth Finley. Do you know Seth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Licky, yeah. yeah, yes. yeah. Seth Finley and I have the exact same strength finder. So you take this test and it tells you what your top five strengths are. And it's um, Gallup International is the company that's behind it. And oh. I use it a lot with leadership teams and helping teams understand each other's strengths because you know, there's there's a fine line uh, in focusing on what you're not good at. Like you don't want to put too much time there because we're all given, like you were saying earlier, we're all given superpowers and part of life is figuring out what your superpower is. So you can really leverage that and use that and like share that with others. So then that you can share it with everybody, but you're absolutely right. Like if you just keep a blind eye to your weaknesses and your deficiencies, like you're not going to be able to use your superpowers to the best of your abilities, right? Like if I, keep ignoring the fact that all i do is sprint and run myself into the ground even though i'm really good at sprinting like i'm not going to be as good of a sprinter i need to find that pace or learn how to like work within that to enhance the skills that we do have.
1: Yeah. If you start spending all your, we we talk about this all the time. Like when I have somebody that has a knee injury and they come back to the gym and they've spent now all their time just working on that leg. Now the other leg that was actually the strong leg is actually actually weaker than the other leg. They Mm -hmm. need to be working everything. Um, And that, that happens in life. People like continually, they are like, Oh, I, I, I had this new discovery about myself and they just run so hardcore into that and leaving that what made them who they are and what actually people like about them you, mm-hmm. like you're not a bad person like you're not bad you just might have done some bad things you might have treated yourself a little poorly but doing that is not inherently bad um, and so we try to refocus people on Making sure that, that yes, I want you to be balanced and I want to make sure that your full body is as generally fit as possible, but I'm never going to be able to make you something that you're not. If you're wanting that body, that, that's just not, that's not what you've been given. That's genetically, that's, and you're, that is folly to try to achieve that. And you need to start to have more self love. Like you have to come to a place to where you can understand that you are actually great the way you are. I don't want to change who you are. I just want a better version of yourself. So
0: I think there's, um, there's this idea that um, I've been kind of really intrigued by recently and you know, I grew up in the the age of you can do anything. You can be whatever you want. Like sky's the limit. What do you want to do? And that was, that was certainly something like with vision and goals that has been like continued to push. And I've been guilty of like blue sky possibilities. And like, actually, what if you can't do anything that you want to? <laughs> because you were put here to do something specific and your job absolutely. is to figure out what that is. I love that. That's your job absolutely. is to figure out what that is.
1: Right. No. And that's the people struggle with who, what their purpose actually is for. Like they struggle with, they want to be this, they want to be that, they want to be that instead of realizing I'm here to connect what I'm good at to that person. And that person's here to connect what they're good at to help me become what I'm good at. And then it's back and forth. Like it's not me versus them or me get better than them. It's like, no, I actually have, something to give to everybody instead of me trying to force something that's just not it's not who you are and it's okay like and once you're you, gonna
0: you're once you you're gonna learn point, a lot about that yeah as, yeah, you, as I mean, you're trying to force the square peg into the round hole yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah uh, thank you i didn't come up with it i read it somewhere and i was like huh what if I've been wrong about this idea this entire time? And like, not even wrong, but just I've been thinking about this and just like, like if I switched how I think about this and it's been really freeing actually and kind of a, a fun thing to push other people on.
1: Like, so I've in my businesses, like my wife is actually like the backbone, you know, of what I've done. And so for so long, I've tried, there's been moments where I've had to be and it's miserable like i've had to be something in my businesses that that i that i shouldn't have ever attempted to be because i was trying to force something one that i had zero passion about sure are there some details because it's just work that i've got to do yes but instead of that bogging you down figure out a way to have some other resources around you and find other people that can take care of those things that you're just not good at. Like that's okay.
0: Um, it's so, so important. It's so important. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to Julius and the plug agency for having me with this <laughs> podcast, because that's a big reason why I haven't done it for so long. It's like, I don't know how to edit. I don't know. Like there's so much to learn and like, yeah, I can learn that all, but like why not just find somebody else who's really great at that and loves doing that. And like, you know, it's it's yeah. an important part of learning learning how to let go and and support others, and that's that's where that connection comes in, right? Like now sure. he gets to use his superpower, and I can use my superpower and just like sit here and have a meaningful conversation, which is sure. what I want to do. Let's talk about superpowers. Okay, if you okay. say so. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you
1: asked if I had superpowers. Much. We all do. We all do. We all do. Yeah. Um, I think i've had and i kind of touched on it at the beginning of the conversation the idea that i have this innate ability to kind of help people like i'll be like super connector (laughs) (laughs) i am super connector i love connecting people to themselves to others and on a global scale to Mm. something bigger and and I didn't realize that until probably the last three years, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, but I've always done it, you know, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before, she that, you know, I felt so bad that I hopped from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And then reality, there's like this, there is this continual thing that no matter what the business was, no matter what the job was, um, I always love connecting to people and building relationships with people so I can give something to them. They can give something to me and I can connect them to others. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, that is that piece that I think that no matter what I do, will I continue to own a, a, a gym forever? Probably in some capacity. Will I be working at a gym when I'm 60? No. I mean, um, but I'll be, You'd be the involved most with badass
0: 60 year old at the gym.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, I don't know what I'm doing in 10, 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. But I know that that piece, that element of my superpower, you know, is always going to be in the recipe. Like that's, that's going to be the main ingredient to everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So.
0: How, you know, you mentioned that it's been the last like three, four years that you're really kind of connecting into this. Like, how, how'd you go about finding and like discovering that this is something that you're really gifted at and need to continue to incorporate into your life and figure out how to leverage it, use it?
1: Yeah, I would say so often I, I was trying to always figure out when you look at different models So often you're like, oh, well, what, how should we model ourselves like this? And then we should model ourselves like this. And I'm going to learn from this guy. Well, this didn't work. Let's try this now. And I started to realize, no, I can take this from that. And I can take a little bit from this and use that. And we can be our own thing. And that's, I think, um, I've got so many silly certifications. I mean, out my wazoo, we spend so much money, like, like traveling, well, not anymore. But we would travel and spend time with the best coaches and best, you know, best lifting coaches and the best exercise physiologists, and the, we, we were learning from all these different people. And at what the way that I treated it at first is, I was jump to this one, and be like, we're all this. Now this is the method we're going to use. Oh, we're all this. This is the method we're going to use. And instead we we just started going, no, this doesn't fit for our community. It doesn't fit for our people. It doesn't fit for uh, a mountain environment. It doesn't, we're not in a city. Um, we're in the mountains where we are our own deal and that's completely okay. Is there some elements from these other entities and and, and modalities of gyms and different things like that and, fitness experts or whatever that we can maybe learn from and implement something. I mean, here's the best. I said this yesterday at the gym, <laughs> I was teaching people. Uh, I was like, they looked at the board and they were like, what? I said, yeah, today we're doing Jane Fonda's. And they're like, what? <laughs> And we're doing like literally like Jane Fonda leg lifts. I said, what, what gym in the world do you guys know of where you're going to deadlift heavy at the beginning and then you're going to do Jane Fonda <laughs> workout? No other gym, but this one.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, I, I mean, we've that.
1: realized that, that, um, there are certain things that work for people and that we have picked certain movements that work really well for a lot of people, but some some of them don't. And so we're mm-hmm. going to give them the method that gets them to the appropriate stress and the appropriate effort that they need. And um, yeah, so it's it, Jane Fonda. That's what I need to do. I, have a, I need to have a t-shirt like Jane Fonda's and deadlifts.
0: Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. I want one. Yeah, right. I What I'm hearing in that, um, and I can, I can relate as I've been trying to figure out like what my superpowers are. It's, it's like really looking at, what works for you and leaving what doesn't. It's like, what are the things that like light you up and you get really excited about, but like, what are the pieces yeah. that maybe you don't? And, and for me, um, you know, and, and, and just in an effort to help our listeners, cause I know like right now, 2020 has been a fucking doozy. And a lot of people are trying to figure out like, what's next, where do I go from here? Like what, like this, I think it's made 2020 has made us all really look at some things in life and society and like, where do we go from here? What where, where do we want to go? What am I good at? I mean, there are industries that are being completely demolished right now. Live music industry, fuck independent restaurants. Like, Oh man. And there's a lot of people that are, are trying to figure out like, what do I, what do I do next? And, and, and helping people find that, like I've, I've had to go through that process myself. I'm like, I've been in retail for, you know, 20 years at this point, like, I, like, it's been amazing. There's been some things I've got the softest stretchy pants hands in the world with the, the worst grip strength, but <laughs> um, that's John Mark used to tease me endlessly for my stretchy pant hands and grip strength. You guys, yep. um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like taking, it's like, okay, when was I happiest in the last five, 10 years? Like, what are the the moments that I really love to think back on? And I was so proud of and like really felt engaged and fulfilled because they're there if you look for them. And for me, it's like, okay, you know, that putting together the expedition and that rafting thing, like, that was like one of the coolest things I feel like I ever got to do. And like, and working with ambassadors and development with my team. And it's like, it, like it kind of just starts okay community development personal and professional like and you start pulling these little pieces out of like what has worked and start pulling those through and to creating more of of what you want and finding your superpowers that way because it's it's yeah life in my opinion is about all of us figuring out what we've been gifted with and how to use it to support the world yeah and maybe maybe the world is like you and your family, it doesn't have to be to like, go out and change the world. But I'm convinced if we're all connected to our knowing, right, if we're all connected to our knowing, if we're all clear on what we're good at, and if we've got a, a vision of, of what we want to do with it, like how much different would the world be if we were all living from that place? Right? And I would say, you know, yes,
1: our financially, we've been hit pretty hard. Um, this has been a really tough year, um, but there's lots of gyms that have been hurt significantly worse. There are restaurants that have been absolutely crushed and closed. And there's, But there's people in the service industry, strictly mostly in the service industry, I feel like has been hurt the most. Um, and what happens is um, we have a lot of people that say things like, I just want things to go back to the way it was or the way it used to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't, I don't know if that's a great narrative because for a lot of people, a lot of people, what it was before was not great. So exactly. instead we're just too
0: far into it and couldn't see that
1: it was good for you. It might've been good for you, but there's a lot of people that were hurting and a lot of people that are struggling. And this actually put a lot of those things in the forefront. Our healthcare is Absolute a mess. The health of our, of our country is an absolute freaking mess. I mean, there's a reason, you know, sure, would mass early on probably help? Yes. Would a plan for the nation probably help? Yes. But the reason and I will stand by this. The reason our country is crushed more than any other country is because we're so unhealthy. The because obesity our and comorbid, yep. our lifestyles are a freaking mess. Yep. And so when we say I wanted things to go back to normal, I, that's not a great, this is our chance to actually maybe make some changes. Absolutely. And so I've had to make some changes. I've had some major self discovery. I've had some things that we've, that I've really had to. Reset. There's some incredible silver linings with my life. Um, I would say this year has probably been one of the most pivotal years of my life. Um, and, and I'm, I'm happier than I ever have been, better with my wife than I ever have been. I've got the most beautiful six year old girl that I have figured out what's truly important. And a lot of the things that I was spending a lot of my time on were not that important. Mm. And even though financially, we've had to make some major sacrifices, we've made those decisions, like my wife teaching our kid at home. That's a major hit financially, but it's nothing in comparison to so many people in this this world because Mm -hmm. of coronavirus. So I have to, I don't want to completely diminish what I'm going through. But also in reality, and and what other people, I don't want to shame people and be like, you know what, your problem isn't that big. You know what they're dealing with? That's not positive. But in reality, this is your chance to kind of recenter and say, okay, why do I really want to go travel all the time? And I can't right now. So like maybe me being at home and actually focusing on some other things instead of me just using travel or me using getting to go do all these other things are just continually been a distraction from what's important, time with my family or time with the people that are truly important in my life. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I
0: went on a rant there, but I that was a good it's a good one. I think it's I think it's important and it's it's valid for what's happening as we're going back into a lockdown. We are it's like, fuck, we're here again because yeah. of masks or It's no, it's, it's a lot. You're absolutely right. It's a lot because of our lifestyles. Cause as Americans, we're more unhealthy than most countries. Yeah. And I looked at
1: the obesity. I looked at the obesity rate of the United States compared to other countries. And it's just like, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's unbelievable.
0: I do want to talk about. Being a polymath, because this is something okay. I just yeah. learned about um, here. I would say like in the last like six months, I got hip to this term and uh, it was I loved it. revolutionary for me. And yeah. for, for you guys listening, a polymath is uh, someone who is good at a lot of things and embraces that. And that's something I think that John Mark and I, when we first met, we were both amazed and like felt comforted <laughs> as, as fellow humans that have, you know, air quote, bounced around, um, gone from job to job, played every single sport, done music, drama. I mean, you name it. I've literally done like everything. And then finding someone else who has the same thing. I mean, some of my favorites of yours that you haven't mentioned yet, spins, a spin teacher. I just, <laughs> I would love to take a spin class with you. <laughs> spin teacher. Um, what's the South Park situation? Don't you have an episode like on South Park where you're mentioned? King of the hill. King of the hill? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that into my queue for the next So one. let's see. I'll rattle them
1: off. There's some good ones. Yoga okay. instructor for years, spin instructor. Uh, I, I was a marketing director. I worked in the music industry for a marketing firm. I, I actually built skate parks. Um, oh, that's a good one we're like inner city kids uh i was a pastor what else ski patroller uh owned a rafting company Own a gym now gosh there's something else that's really good and i can't believe i'm forgetting when people hear that they're like dude what
0: yeah like you've done <laughs> I, what? how did you you and you're only 44 <laughs> <laughs> And I want to talk about this because... Um, I, I'm sure there are other people out there and, and for me growing up, uh, you know, it was very well intended by my mother and trying to keep me focused on one thing and follow through and, and see, I want you to stick with this. And I'm like, but now I, I don't want to take Spanish. I want to take German and now I want to take Italian. <laughs> and so she had to deal with me and my intention span for hers. I mean, was probably seemingly all over the place, but like, I just had this insatiable curiosity, but one of the, one of the unfortunate side products of, of that dynamic was, um, feeling ashamed about the fact that I would jump around or that I wasn't diligent to follow through with the same sport season after season, or, you know, whatever it was, it was for, for me, I grew up with a lot of like shame and guilt in, um, hiding that side, but also like not knowing how, like you can't really hide it, (laughs) like, because you're so driven to learn and figure out new things. And, and to, to, to your point, like, what is the through line in all of these different industries that you've been part of and roles that you play. And like, I've always been fascinated by that and learning from different, different things all over the place. And so um, let's talk about being a polymath for a minute. Like what was it like yeah, for you growing I up? It.
1: I loved it when you brought that up. I um, have you read the book um, range with David mm-hmm. Epstein? Oh my gosh.
0: Oh, it's, you're going to love it. I need to show now. Okay. Okay.
1: So, David Epstein, um, which I saw that you referred to with 10,000 hours from Malcolm Gladwell. He would actually say the complete opposite. Um, mm. there needs to be certain skill at, and you need to spend a lot of time, but it might not always be the 10,000 hours because you're, there are a lot of people, an actual range of experiences are have a bigger impact if you look at like mainly compares tiger woods to roger fetter and this is how he sets up everything Mm -hmm. roger Federer, um everybody knows the story of tiger woods six years old he's beating people playing golf he's just a freak like absolute freak no one knows the story and so everybody changed in sports in general, in children's sports, they changed everything. They're like sports specialization, sports specialization. That's why kids are playing, going to these hockey camps and disappearing and they're going to soccer clubs. They're playing mm-hmm. year round and they're seeing injuries go up like crazy in kids. And they're really? getting burned and they're getting burned out. Because mm-hmm. they, they don't have any love in the sport and they don't have anything else but that. And that's the only thing they live and breathe. And that's all they do. Well, by the age of 13, they're burned out. Mm-hmm. So no one knows about the story of Roger Federer. Roger Federer didn't play tennis until way later in his life. His mom was a tennis coach, begged his her son, please come play tennis. He hated tennis, played soccer, played, rug, or played rugby, um, played all these other sports. And then finally he's like, ah, I'll go play tennis for a little bit. <laughs> and obviously he crushes it. I mean, and, yeah. and, and here's the biggest piece to it because he didn't wreck himself for so long on the early end, just doing one sport and overusing his body at that early age. Mm. He was able to play at such an incredibly high level for such a long time because he didn't beat up his body at that early time and play year round. So um, range has actually given me a great avenue to kind of look at my life, but also in the gym. I don't want people to overuse themselves because in reality, they can't just do the same thing. You can't just play, you can't ski every single day and you can't bike every single day. There are repercussions for that in the long term. And for myself, I want to be as well-rounded as possible And I want to give myself different doses of everything so I can bring it back to who my true self is. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to pull from this and learn from this. And then this might help me. Oh, that experience helps me grow in what I'm doing now. That experience makes me a better person and knowing how to deal with this issue because of that, rather than, you know, when I was a kid, my parents actually encouraged me to do so many different sports. But mm. to be honest, I'll just like, I hope this doesn't come across egotistically, but I fed my ego because I was good at everything. And mm-hmm. so they were like, Oh, my kid's good at everything. Let's just keep on doing this until I wasn't good at everything anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, wait, he's got to focus now. He can't, you know, he's got to start no, focusing. Time, and so I'm a certain Yeah. So now you're at an age where you got to start producing. Mm. And then the pressures of producing. And so I would beat myself up and, you know, everybody would be like, well, it's year three. John Mark's probably going to jump into something else. You know, it's usually three years in and he's bored with that. So he's going to go do something else. And it's like, no, like Laura asked me three years into owning this gym. And she was like, so how are you feeling? Are you getting antsy? (laughs) (laughs) And she encourages me always. Like, she's just like, no, you need to be yourself. This is yeah, just, there's... this is, this is the place right now. And this is how I'm seeing my true purpose, how I'm seeing it through. Like this is the avenue of how we're seeing that purpose kind of fold out to the people that I can I connect with. Um, and will that change into something else at some point? Totally. And this <laughs> will continue. Um, but I think for me, um, right now, the health and wellness of people, um, I've, I think I've had a discovery that there are too many elements of what I have experienced. If you think about it, that there is a psychological, there's a mental, there's a spiritual, and there's a physical piece to all this. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of molded everything that I've ever done into one because they've all run into each other here. So.
0: I could, I could not agree with that more. Um, there's, I'm really excited to check out range. And if you guys aren't familiar with Malcolm Gladwell and his theory on 10,000 hours very quickly, it's basically the idea that like Michael Jordan has put well over 10,000 hours into becoming the greatest basketball player of all time. And that a a cellist, you know, a world-class cellist is going to play the cello at least 10,000 hours. And so this, it's kind of helped, it's like helped and hurt society a little bit because I think as a society, you know, or just as humanity, you know, used to be able to do anything and everything. Einstein and Da Vinci and all those cats, they got to do everything. And that was celebrated. And we've gotten to this space where it's like very like you have to be super specific. And and what I see now is, you know, people are like, ah, oh, I've always been in the restaurant industry. I don't know what I would want to do differently or I've always worked in... Event production and live events, and I don't know what I want to do differently. And it's there's this like holding back, and like, this is what I've been doing. So, this is what I need to keep doing because it's what I'm good at, and helping people understand that like there's a lot of value in throwing yourself off a cliff and trying something completely new and different. It's fucking scary. And it's, and right now, right now,
1: people are in a place where they need to pivot and make some big decisions Mm -hmm. and figure out. Um, and that's why their anxiety so high because they've been doing mm. the same th- thing forever. And it's like I told Laura, I was like, I'm gonna do anything. I have done anything. I mean, I'm not worried about it. Like I'm, I'll, I'll be, I'll be okay. You know? That's, and that's that hard. and that sounds and that sounds really arrogant on a, on a different level because I don't, I don't want to. Um, that is.
0: I, no, I hear is, you. That 100%. is a
1: guy that's in a good financial place in a good socioeconomic status that where I am able to say that that is not the reality for a lot of people. They can't just mm-hmm. go do because they're not the cards are not set up for them very well. And yeah. so that is that is that's how I I've, I've been privileged to be in that position mm-hmm. which is not not how it, for everybody. Yeah. So
0: that's a whole nother podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah right which there will be conversations on but I want to just um, honor the time that we set aside and for our listeners, we want to try and keep these things around an hour so you're compelled to listen but don't have to give you give us your entire day but John Mark, man, uh, you are the best. So the last question that I asked yeah. everybody um, I've got a gratitude practice that every night before I fall asleep, I think of the three things from my day that I'm most grateful for. So I'm not going to put you on blast with three but I would like to hear, in your last 24 hours, what's something that you're really grateful for?
1: Man. Um, so I, I might cry again. I was, have you had anybody cry twice on your podcast? Yet? Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm going to win.
0: You're going to win. I'll give <laughs> you that. Award. <laughs> um, I
1: I'm humbled. I'm humbled by the people that I'm involved with at this gym and the people that I'm involved with in my life they have entrusted me with a lot, their, their safety, their health. And, um, they walk in to our space and they have to be vulnerable. And they're, they're walking in to our space already admitting that what they're doing hasn't worked and they need help. Mm. And, that people would entrust me with their lives on the physical, spiritual, mental places is is incredibly humbling. so yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd trust you with it a thousand times over, so thank you. Thanks, buddy. So right. grateful for you. Um, give Lauren Bowen big hugs you and bet. kisses for me, and bet, um, we'll look forward to talking Love to you soon. Love you too. Okay. Bye. And that's a wrap. We want to hear from you guys. So tag at make one day happen on Instagram and share your biggest aha moment or one thing you can take from this episode and put into action today. If you're ready to go to the next level, I'm currently taking on new one-on-one coaching and team development clients. Head over to www.makeonedayhappen.com to learn more and book a free breakthrough session with me. Your word of mouth is wildly appreciated in helping us share these conversations with the world. I get so many of my podcasts I listen to for my friend's recommendations. So if anything resonated with you today, send it to someone else who you think would like it too. I know that every podcast out there asks you to subscribe and leave a review, and that's because it really helps us get these shows out there. So please go hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. Every other week, we'll pick our favorite review and hook that person up with three full-size Lost Range products and a Make One Day Happen goal-setting kit. A big thank you to Lost Range. Remember to head over to www.lostrangecbd.com and use code make one Happen for free prezzies and we'll give 10% of your purchase to Last Prisoner Project. We know you've got a lot of choices when it comes to picking a podcast out there to listen to, so we're so grateful you chose us. Until next time, y'all. Peace.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. podcasts.